0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Marketing That Converts and a very odd intro yet again. Honestly, without that intro and outro, I just find it really awkward to start the podcast, which is so silly because obviously when I record, I don't hear the intro and outro because that gets put in afterwards. So you think I should just carry on like normal, but it is making a big difference knowing that when you're listening to this, there's no intro and outro yet. Now, I know technically it's been two weeks. By the time you're listening to this, it's been a minimum of two weeks since I said, that's it, name's moved over. However, in my reality, it sounds like I'm, I've am i just been watching Doctor Who, actually. It sounds like I'm talking from a reference from that. But in the reality is that I've recorded these episodes in the space of like two or three days. So although it seems like a really long time since I initially said I need to do this intro and outro, I haven't done it yet because... It's literally been a couple of days since I last said that. Does that make any sense at all? Because I'm not sure it's making sense to me. So well done if you kept up with my rambling. Anyway, I am going to do an intro and outro. And I think I am swaying more to the idea of me doing it than having a voiceover. But I really need to think about what I'm going to say, what music I want. And then I'll have to get my lovely editor to put it all together into a nice intro and outro. Just on a side note, by the way, because I was talking about a team member last week, I think it was, in last week's episode. Phil, who does my editing, and obviously we'll hear this because he edits the podcast, is actually a voiceover actor, which is amazing. And he sent me some samples. They were brilliant. They were so, so good. But we've chatted together and, and we both agree that we think maybe I need to do it. But he's wonderful. So I'm going to make sure that we hook up to him in the show notes because I'd really like to check him out. And you know, the other reason I'd like you to check him out is because he has the best branding ever. Honestly, I love it. It's so good. So in the show notes for today's episode, I am going to hook up to Phil and his website and you can go take a look because he's really good. And if you do need a voiceover actor, then he's very good at what he does. So before we get on with today's episode, which is a really good one, and I'll tell you all about that in a second, I want to remind you that I've got those brand new downloads for you. The first one is all about list building and how people miss certain places to use as opportunities to build their list. So I give you five places that you could be building your list faster today. And they're really simple. Like, So it's not some crazy, amazing thing that you need to set up technical stuff or design stuff. It's really, really simple stuff. So if you want that one, go to www.theresaheathwaring.com forward slash list building. The next one is my webinar blueprint. So if you are thinking about doing a webinar, you do webinars and you want to know how you can better produce that presentation and the key steps that you have to go through in order to really make that an effective webinar and get those key sales at the end, then you definitely want to check out the blueprint. So again, go to www.therizaheathwearing.com forward slash blueprint. And the last one I produce for you is all about creating a really good sales page and the 10 things that I put on sales pages, which I think are a must. So they're some of the key things that we use in order to help convert when people are on those sales pages. So if you want that, go to, you've got it, www.theresaheathwaring.com forward slash sales page. Anyway, today's episode is awesome. Today, I am interviewing Mike and Callie from The Membership Guys, and I need to tell you that I think I have a bit of an entrepreneurial crush on these guys. They are just amazing. Not only was I very lucky that when I was in San Diego for Social Media Marketing World that we got to hang out a ton, which was ace. And you know when you meet people and think, oh man, you're just awesome. Like, we could be friends because... I just got everything they said and they were on the same level and we agreed about the same stuff. So it was so good to spend time with them in San Diego. And obviously my husband was there as well because Mike and Callie are a partnership. They're together as well as business partners. So it was really nice the four of us got to hang out. And then doing the interview with them, again, I was really lucky. They said that they don't often interview together. I I think they said this is the first time they've ever interviewed together. Normally one of them will do an interview. So I had both of them on the interview and... It was like, it was just awesome because let me explain. Sometimes in the entrepreneurial world, there are lots of people out there who, one, think it's a get-rich-quick thing, especially in the online space. So there is some people out there, and not people that obviously I try and interact with, or certainly I don't bring them onto the podcast, so we don't need to worry about that. But there are people out there who sell this dream of, set up a course, sell millions, and you can lie on a beach in Bali. Do not get me wrong. If that is the case, then amazing. I would like that. However, there's probably 1% or 2% of people that that actually really happens for, that they literally become almost an overnight success, and they they sell millions and millions, and, and they become really successful business people. Now, I'm not saying that opportunity isn't out there for everybody. It is. However, it's not this quick win that perhaps people are... Making it out to be. So, you've seen them, those YouTube videos that come up, because I'm always watching music on YouTube or listening to it. And those videos come up, and there's one guy who's like, you know, oh, I've just picked up my new Aston Martin and I'm in my garage with all these other cars. And it's just absolute cringeworthy. So, anyway, I've digressed slightly. But what I loved about Kelly and Mike is first off, they have a very successful business. Like, they are crushing it. They really, really are. However, they're the most down to earth, normal, and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but fairly unassuming as in they're not out there like shouting from the rooftops going, listen to us, we're amazing. Look at how big our business is. Look at us flying here, there and everywhere doing all this. They're not. They're like really normal people, but they have an amazingly successful online business. And they're so good at what they do because they know what they're talking about. And again, this is something that's got slightly grating for me, for someone who's worked in marketing a really long time. And not only have I worked in marketing for sort of 16 years, but I have also spent a long time in the last five years learning new stuff, new techniques, new strategies and tools and all this sort of thing. So, you know, I put my heart and soul into what I do and and I've worked really hard to, to be where I am, I guess. And sometimes, again, you see people wanting to do the get rich quick thing, and they don't have the expertise and they don't have the knowledge. And what was so amazing about Mike and Callie is they totally, totally do. There isn't anything those guys don't know about memberships. So today we talk all about what a membership is, why you might want one, who's it suitable for, who's it not suitable for, the reality of running a membership and what that might take. And in all honesty, they give us a very realistic view of what it's like to be creating a membership, running a membership, and what you need to make that work. They also give some awesome practical advice about if you are starting a membership, what are the key things that you need to be thinking about in order to get it off the ground? So honestly, even if you haven't thought about it, this is a really fascinating one because actually the online business space is really interesting. And when people in our industry, your industry, are working one-to-one with people, you realise at some point you're going to hit a ceiling and A, there's only so many people you can help and B, there's only so much income you can earn because you only have a limited amount of time. So for me, the reason I want to do my membership, which is coming literally, according to my diary, it's literally coming in a few weeks. So do look out for that. But the reason I want to do it is because I want to help more people and I want more people to have access to the knowledge that I've built up and the stuff I've learned. And a membership is a very, very affordable way in which people can do that. So for me, I love the membership model. I'm also in lots of memberships as well. So I see the value of them for myself. And I'm actually in Mike and Callie's membership, which I pay for. I'm very lucky that I, I get some access to some memberships for free. However, I do pay to be in theirs because I really see the value of it. So, who are Mike and Callie? Well, otherwise known as the Membership Guys, they have spent years guiding the growth of thousands of memberships and e-learning businesses in online community. With a combined 20-plus years of online marketing and web development industry, they have been the driving force behind a multitude of six- and seven-figure businesses in huge varieties of industries. So, from weight loss to coaching to executive training to bass guitar... They've established a proven track record of helping clients to achieve fantastic results. In 2015, they decided to take all of that knowledge and experience and use it to help entrepreneurs and small business owners to achieve success with membership sites on a global scale. And this is what they now do on an ongoing basis. They also have an award-winning podcast, free resources, and of course, their own membership called the Membership Site Academy. I think you're going to love them. They are the nicest people. So I won't wait another minute. So I'm really excited today to welcome the membership guys, Mike and Kelly to the podcast. Welcome guys. Thanks for having us. This is this is a first.
1: It is, yeah. Both of us. Two for one.
0: Yeah.
2: You are, <laughs> I am you getting a world exclusive.
0: So honoured that I've got both of you guys. It's ace. So I'm really looking forward to today for a couple of reasons. One, because you guys are so cool and you are a font of all knowledge. And two, that we get to talk about memberships, which we haven't done before. But before we jump into that, it would be great if you could just give us a very brief overview. And because... I love your story. It's kind of the one that people dream of that they're going to have. Uh, if you can give us no views to how you've got to do what you're doing today, that'd be awesome.
2: Um, well, we, we kind of started working together, was it about 2012, 2013? Yeah. Um, we, we were both self-employed, running our own businesses. Um, Callie kind of had a subscription box in uh, business in, in the health industry. Um, I'd been running an a, a online marketing business for a number of years. Um, and we met we are an actual couple that's always something that confuses people um you know are, are you are you together or are you, you don't
0: want to put their foot together?
2: in it <laughs> yeah. um and and kind of uh, i think the big thing for you you were the one who was really hooked into subscriptions and memberships yeah, yeah.
1: i was fascinated with memberships, subscriptions all kind of recurring revenue using your your online education Kind of element and things like that. So I loved that element, and I started, as Mike said, I had a subscription box and a membership. But I started helping other people in the health niche with creating their own memberships. As a result,
2: and and because of that, so you know, you you kind of expanded into, um, like
1: digital digital, VA, yeah,
2: started digital VA, Mm -hmm. um, for, for memberships and subscriptions, and then there there was a few projects started coming along where you need a little bit, a little bit more. Um, I need a code monkey. Yeah, you either needed someone <laughs> on the on the code side <laughs> that or... That's a
0: special name you have for him.
2: <laughs> yeah, or, you know, for, for the more advanced strategies, or we just needed more manpower. Yeah. So we, we found ourselves starting to work together just a little bit more on ad hoc projects, and then that became more and more and more frequent to the point where literally every job that we were each working on, we were working on together. So um, we formalized that, started officially working together, um, started running our digital agency, which over time just became more and more specialized um, yeah. in, in just working with membership businesses. Because, you know, we were, we were doing memberships, but also online courses, also e-commerce um, businesses yeah. we were working with. Um, but memberships were always the type of of online businesses that we gravitated towards. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different elements to them. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of fun. The people who start memberships tend to be very savvy, very passionate people, yeah. and um, that just made our jobs uh, a, a lot more enjoyable. And they were the type of, of jobs that we were getting the best results for for our clients. Yeah. So over time, we just became more niche, more niche, more niche, to the point where all we were doing was was membership, um, like membership projects. Yeah. Uh, and through doing that, we became just more and more successful, and to the point where. You know we had a, a small select group of clients, and we just did not have capacity to work with anyone else. you know yeah. we were heavily entrenched in a, in a number of membership businesses and that's great, but it also comes with a downside that you mm-hmm. have to say no a lot more mm-hmm. so we were having to turn people away. We were getting emails literally daily weren't we from people with with questions or you know i don't I don't have a budget to hire you but yeah can you just- review my 20-page strategy.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so,
2: i got nothing yeah, to do. Of course. Next weekend. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and so we, um, we hated having to turn people away. So originally, we set aside some time to just try and find somewhere else to send these people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we were looking for somebody a bit lower cost or a coach or a a membership site or anything. Surely there's a membership. Yeah,
2: surely there there would be a membership about membership sites. You would think so. You would
1: think so. Yeah. So, yeah, so we were looking for somewhere where we could send people that that we couldn't help and we just couldn't find anything. There was a few kind of more internet marketing-y-based. Sleazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Courses at the time, um, which wasn't the style. that we worked with. It wasn't the style of membership that we worked Mm -hmm. with, where it's the kind of, you know, get rich quick kind of membership Mm -hmm. that that's not our style. And so there just wasn't anything good that we could send people to. And so
2: there wasn't, there there were no good podcasts. There weren't even good blogs. You know, you would have, you'd be able to find a whole lot of blogs, but they were all really basic. So it was maybe people who did marketing, who wrote one blog about About, the basics. Right. Um, So we kind of had to make a call. Either we get more comfortable in just not helping everyone, Mm -hmm. because you can't you can't always help everyone, or we step up and we we decide to do the latter. So we start creating free content, we set up our Facebook group, and then we put plans in motion to create the membership about memberships.
0: Yeah. And it just kind of snowballed from there. That's amazing. And you got to, well, fairly quickly, amazingly as well, got to a point where which actually I said amazing. it's not amazing because you've been doing it for a long time and you, mm. you are experts. So that makes perfect sense. Um, but you got to the point where you could then say, thank you, clients. But yeah. we are now busy doing this side, which is lovely because not only do you get to help more people because it's on a much larger scale, but also... Mm. There are some downsides to having to work one-to-one with someone in terms of managing your time and your expectations and their expectations. So that must have been a really nice point for you to do that and go, thank you, but done.
2: Yeah, it, it was, but it came around a lot quicker than we thought it would.
0: Yeah,
1: we'd originally thought it would take about 12 months to start transitioning away well, from client work. Even and... then, we,
2: we thought 12 months before we would even have the conversation about, yes. okay, are we in a position now to, to move away from, from client work? But it went a little faster
1: than that. Yeah, we launched the membership at the end of August and by Christmas we were like actually, you know what, we need to go all in on this. We need to we need to just focus on this. And I think part of that was I think we both just realized that was, for want of a better way of putting it our zone of genius. We loved yeah. doing it, like mm-hmm. loved Loved creating the content, loved working with the members, loved being able to, to change people's businesses in that way as well.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, you said it perfectly. It's, it's the, just the ability to help more people. Yeah. And when you actually, you know, when you are working one-on-one with clients, you, you don't always see the impact of your work. Mm. Quite often, especially if, you know, we will work with big corporate clients. We work with the likes of Ancestry, McDonald's, ITV. Mm. You don't see the the benefit right. and the impact, you know, okay, so if the thing you you do makes an extra like hundred grand that week for a company the size of ITV, who cares? Right? Yeah. But if you can help, you know, just one person who who is, I don't know, an accountant or a, a guitar player or um, you know, a a marketeer make another hundred grand a year or replace the hundred grand they're currently making with 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 work that satisfies them more mm. and helps them live their lifestyle better, that's a huge impact. And so yeah. when we started seeing the impact of that one-to-many and we mm. started um, just really enjoying mm. the process, the outcome, and, and being able to be with our members throughout their journey rather than just yeah. being kind of a, a piece of the puzzle, um, we knew, like, this this was it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And do you know what? I have had... Lots of experience of being in lots of memberships. I get invited to go into some memberships, which is lovely. I've paid for lots of memberships and obviously courses and various things. And there's a couple of things that really strike me with you guys that I want going forward for anybody and for me. And, you know, if you're thinking about this, is first off, you flipping know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> and I know that sounds like a ridiculous notion because surely if you're going to start a membership, you should know what you're talking about. However, you touched on it there. There is a Risk and a theme in some instances of almost a get rich quick, you yeah. know, get recurring revenue, get a membership, get this. And, and I see it, and I'm sure you guys see it all the time, that people are trying to launch memberships as a model because it's such a good model, but mm. they don't know what they're talking about. So that's not great. So you do know what you're talking about. And then the other thing that again I see happen a lot is you sign up with someone because that someone is the person that's pulling you to the membership or the course or whatever. And then they never appear again. Yeah. And from experience, because I am and pay for, I want to make that really clear that I pay for your membership because I value it so much that Kelly, you are in there all the time. Like, you know, both of you are in there all the time, but you, you Kelly are very proactive in the forum and therefore that's the, that's what people are paying for. So for me, those two kind of things are like, you think they should be standard across the board and they're really not. So I think the the looking at your membership compared to others, those are the things that are just awesome. So tell me, because you said you started sort of 2012 and obviously yours is a little bit different kind of because you had a, a physical product that was a membership type thing. But for me, it feels like memberships are still really new. So is it that they are? Is it that like, is it growing? What's going on with memberships?
2: They're not, they're not. It's this, um, oh, I forgot the name of it now. Um, it's, it's, it's what's called the, the frequency illusion, right? Okay. So, um, when you become aware of something, yes. suddenly you spot it everywhere. So, you know, you buy a brand new red car and then suddenly every car on the road seems yeah. to be red. That, that is, um, that happens with memberships. So, um, uh, there's a, there's a fancy name for it that I learned because I did a podcast episode about this um, recently, and I forgot it. Um, you be. It's on going to bother. Whole day now. It's going to bother me for the whole day now. Um, <laughs> we're going yeah, to
0: make you tell us, and we're going to put it in the show.
2: Then. Yeah. <laughs> <all> so <laughs> it's it's essentially it's got the, the the frequency or the recency illusion. Okay.
0: So you get a lot of
2: that with with memberships. Couple that with. Uh, with with just the nature of the online business world, yeah. there will always be kind of cycles of of the latest kind of hot topic, mm-hmm. and certainly memberships have have kind of um, risen in in, in in. There's
1: more people talking about memberships more people, now.
2: Yeah, there are more people talking about memberships um, in general. There's there've, there've been courses about memberships out for well over a decade 15 years right. basically as long as for as long as it's been possible to make money online there's been people talking about the membership model as a vehicle for doing just that mm-hmm. the faces change the tactics change but they've they've always been there it's it's i think just kind of a, a i don't know if it's a symptom but a um a characteristic of the online business world yeah. that there's a lot of hunger for shortcuts and whenever there's a hunger for shortcuts there will be people out there selling these guaranteed systems and there's there's no shortage of uh, of that when it comes to the membership model as well so mm. that combined with with the kind of a, the tendency of the online business world to have these bandwagons that often pass through yeah. combined with yeah what what you're saying you are seeing everyone talking about memberships because you have that active yes. interest in yeah. memberships and you've probably noticed everyone talking about memberships yeah. around the time that you started. You kind yeah. of start thinking, this might be something I'm I'm interested in. Mm. So so yeah.
1: I would also can- say they're outside of the the business space, the online business space, more you're seeing more hobby based memberships, more kind of really mm. specific niche based mm. memberships come up because it's so much easier now. The tech's so much easier. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it's a really accessible model now, as opposed to ten years ago. I would
2: say. Yeah, and I think um, the rise of just subscription as yeah. as a as a model in general has led to um, an increased viability of the membership model. So, um, the fact that now, like, most software, where you used to pay a huge uh, fee to get yeah. a license, you download it and install it. More software now; it's subscription based, right? Yeah. Even Adobe uh, was one of the biggest of those. You would pay thousands to get a license key in a CD. Now you pay forty-five, fifty dollars a month yeah. um, for that subscription. So the rise of subscription in other areas has had that knock-on effect into the membership space. Coupled with, as Kali said, um, the increased range of of tech, yeah, the increased accessibility to um, even the the most tech phobic of people. Yeah. You can set up a membership fairly easily now. So that's all kind of helped with that rise. But um yeah, there's there is always a feeling that it is a new thing. And the reason why right. I kind of make great pains to point out that it's not it's is because sometimes that leads to people worrying, Ah, oh, is this is this a bubble? Is it a bandwagon? Is yeah. it just the latest fad? Yeah. It's not.
0: And what about do you see it getting bigger and bigger? Do you Definitely. you know... Yeah. And I think it's a great model because it makes perfect sense. If I wanted to pay you guys at the level you are now to ask you a question when I needed to, Callie, if I, you know, if I had to pick up the phone and pay every time I spoke to you on the phone, that would cost me considerably more money than putting a question in the forum, which, okay, I'm not always guaranteed to get you directly answering it, but the other one, you do. But the other thing is that obviously you've got other people in there who are through, osmosis or being in that industry or knowing what they're doing now who are also in a position where they can answer isn't it so it's it's great it's a great model so in terms of memberships it's weird that you should talk about things like adobe because those things don't Mm. spring in my head when i think of memberships i think of knowledge the knowledge industry so tell me if i for my listeners what is it that it's just a particular industry or is it that actually anyone anywhere can start a membership
2: Well, this is a thing because then when we start getting into semantics, um, it it can get confusing because things like the Adobe stuff, they are subscriptions. So they would be called software as a service, but obviously they have the recurring element. Mm -hmm. They have that that ongoing value exchange that Mm -hmm. are present in a typical kind of membership. Technically, a membership or a membership site is just any kind of website where you need to have uh, an account that you log in. In order to access something that otherwise you would not be able to access, mm-hmm. um, generally that's in exchange for a recurring subscription, although not all the time so that is such a broad wow. um, a, a broad specification so technically online courses are a, t- a type of membership yeah. um, subscription services technically they're a type of membership. In the online space, when we're talking about memberships, you're generally talking about e-learning memberships yes. with some form of community. Um, so, you know, websites like Lynda.com, where mm-hmm. again they've got the community aspect, but you pay your subscription fee, you get access to courses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, in the context we discuss memberships, in the context pretty much anyone you listen to talking about online business or marketing, it's predominantly e-learning and community. In yeah. fact, we say it's generally a combination of the three Cs, content, community, and coaching. Um, okay,
0: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that bit's yeah, a big it, bit, isn't
2: it? Yeah, because yeah. most memberships are typically set up by thought leaders or mm-hmm. experts in a, in a specialist field, mm-hmm. or people who almost act as curators for bringing in other experts in a yes. specialist field. So that, that presence that you talk about, that accessibility yeah. of someone you want to learn from or learn with, um, that is such a key ingredient of the type of memberships that we all mean when we talk about memberships.
0: So do you think you need to be an expert in your industry and a thought leader to even start a membership? Do you think it helps or do you think it's just a case of it doesn't matter?
1: I think it depends on the kind of membership you want to set up. So as Mike said there, a lot of memberships are set up by experts, thought leaders. It's a way for mm-hmm. them to kind of distill their knowledge to more people and, and help more people. But you also have that element where you can curate other people's content. You can have a kind of learn along with me style of membership yeah. where actually you're bringing in experts, you're bringing in learning yes. and and you know people are, are growing and going through that. So Carrie Green's a good example of yeah. that because most of her content isn't created by her. She created yeah. this community of female entrepreneurs and she brings other people in. To teach most of the content she's not there saying i'm an expert in all of this yeah this is everything i know she's she's providing other people's she's, expertise she's
2: the host she is the yes. curator yeah. and she provides that platform to essentially to scratch her own itch but instead of her just going to someone who has knowledge she wants and saying can we have a little private coaching call she can go to them and say could you come in and basically do the same thing but yeah, yeah. I'll bring my audience and we can all watch together. Yeah. Um, I think the important thing is knowing which of those types you are because yeah. where problems occur is where you don't have the expertise, but you <laughs> pretend you to do. teach yeah. the expertise. Yeah, and yeah. the great thing about memberships, why I love them, is there's a forced transparency because there is nowhere to hide. You are the, the yeah. success of your membership, relies on people paying you month after month so mm-hmm. it's not like you can just sell people a, a falsehood yeah um, like and then just
0: cross or something yeah, yeah
2: and then just run out of town once you've got their money yeah like you have to stick around and so if you're faking it then they're gonna realize you might get away with it for like a week mm-hmm. maybe a month but you're not gonna be able to get away with it for very long and that's obviously going to backfire um on you and your business. So. Yeah, you can do it either way, but I think you yeah. need to be clear about what role it is you play for your audience and ensure that your membership aligns with that. Um, Carrie was a great example that Callie just mentioned. Yeah. Callie, Carrie, i almost getting mixed up. Myself. I'm glad um, you got my name right. Yeah, they very talented. different looking. <laughs> yeah, there are a thousand of scorned Starbucks people who've got Callie's name yeah. wrong. I
0: don't want to join that list.
2: <laughs> um, but... Pat Flynn, Pat Flynn's another yeah. fantastic example of this. The, his entire shtick, especially in the early days, less so now. Now that yeah, yeah. you know he's, he's built up his experience and expertise, but in those early days, his whole shtick was, "I'm just learning this stuff myself." Yes. So rather than you going out there and having to pay yeah. for coaches or make mistakes, I'll just go. Just I'll just go one step ahead of you, and yeah. I'll be the crash test dummy. And yeah. then I'll come back and tell you what I've learned. Um, and that worked phenomenally well for, for Pat. And, of course, yeah. over the years that evolves. And that can evolve, you know, for membership bonus too. We're saying Carrie Green with, with FAA, she doesn't create the content because she's not there as the expert. But actually now she could.
0: Yes, and, 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 and she does create some, And she, she yeah. does
2: now because she's amassed a lot of expertise over, yeah.
0: over that time. And she's a smart woman. But I think yeah. it's really interesting, actually, because in one way you think having other people come in, is ace because you haven't got to even create the content. Like literally you could just be like, hi, and then that's it. Someone else comes in and does all the work. However, because I get asked from lots of people who just start memberships, who don't have an audience, don't have a following, would you like to be my expert in Mm -hmm. membership? And I have to say that a lot of the time I will think about it, but inevitably I think... Can I work on my own stuff or do I go and work on their stuff for nothing? Because that's what they're asking for, that you're doing it for free. And the trade-off for me at that point is not not worth my time. And that sounds really awful, but you do, as business people, you have to obviously Mm -hmm. value your time very carefully. So lots of people will ask me to do that and I'll go, I'm okay, thank you. I'm really busy with my own stuff. But obviously Carrie Green has got to the point where her membership is so big that if Carrie Green came knocking on your door and saying, could you just do a masterclass? She'd be like, yes, I will. Because of the fact that, you know, you're being, your trade off for your time and your expertise is being put in front of someone else's audience, but it's Mm a, it's a, it's a big dedicated audience. So I guess, can you really start that strategy from day one with that?
2: Well, this all goes to um, probably the two biggest mistakes we see people make with with memberships. Mm-hmm. Uh, they skip two key stages. Okay. First is idea validation. So someone gets, we, we see this all the time, not, it's not exclusive to memberships. Someone gets this idea in their head. They think it's incredible. They ask their husband, they ask their wife, <laughs> they ask their babysitter, and they all say, Wow, what an amazing idea, right? And so they run headlong into it and they they pay a load of money to, to make it happen, get websites built. Uh-huh. They spend hours locked away creating content and putting all the pieces in place and then they launch and it's just crickets. It's yeah. crickets riding on the back of tumbleweeds through this yeah. never-ending desert of nothingness yeah. because they never did the research, they never validated that their idea was a one that was needed, was something that people would pay for, and that they were any good at connecting people with a problem to their solution. Mm-hmm. So skipping that idea validation is the biggest and most common cause of, of failed memberships, failed enterprises just yeah. in general. The second is audience building. Because, you know, a big, big part of why those crickets and those tumbleweeds are there is because people don't spend the time to actually build a crowd, to to grow a following of their passionate fans who have a hunger for what they're creating. They just assume they can follow the Kevin Costner model of build it and they will come. Yeah. And it's it, it doesn't work. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so we always caution patience with um, creating a membership site because if you don't have that audience in place who will buy from you, then it's, it's like the whole thing of a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it. You know, if a membership launches to literally zero people, yeah. it hasn't launched. No. right? So no. what you're talking about there with Carrie uh, compared to some of the, the invitations mm. that you get, I would bet if those guys came and actually, you already knew who they were yeah. because they have been creating content, they've got podcasts and they've got a blog that they're doing as part of the audience building effort. You've maybe heard some of your audience mention them from people where there's an overlap um, yeah. and they can come along and, you know, you can look them up and see that they've got this huge Facebook group and um, they can say, you know, we've got X amount of people in my membership. That makes it an easy yes for you. Yeah, yeah. The, the no where you see that, you know, there's no beneficial trade-off is where they don't, just don't have that audience. So there's yeah. no benefit to you because they've got, like, three people in their membership, and so you're just doing free work for
0: yeah. three people.
2: So the, the audience building is so crucial, not just for making sure you actually have enough people to sustain a, a successful membership launch, but also to to enable you to actually go out and mm. attract experts to come in and yeah. do training. And unfortunately, people are just in way too much of a rush mm-hmm. to to look at, you know, what plugin they're going to use. Should I use Kajabi or should I use WordPress? Like, man, if you don't have, if you've got zero audience, if you
0: don't have an email list... semantics, isn't it? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You yeah. might as well just like set fire to your money. Yeah. Do you know what? I love the fact that you just talked about that because of the fact that, and as the guys know on the podcast, cause I, I talk about it. Obviously, I am in a in a, in a world where I mix with lots of people doing lots of these things. And I have to say the general consensus and the thing that I struggle with is just launch it. Just, um, mm. there's uh, clarity in action and believe me, I know that's true because sometimes I procrastinate because I, I fear that if I launch something and nothing happens, that that's it. I'll just might as well go and like put my head in the oven or something, <laughs> but like, so I do get that sometimes you have to act However, I think there are way too many people out there who are like, excuse me, who are like, just like launch it, launch it. I've had clients that are one-to-one clients that we've been on calls and they're like, I want to launch. And it's like, how many people know you do this thing? How many people do you have currently follow you taking your content for this thing? Cause it's no one and, or not many people. So even if you go ahead and take that action and launch does not guarantee that those people are suddenly just going to come out the woodwork and go brilliant. And also the other thing is I see, I don't know if you see a lot of this. I see a lot of pivoting. Okay. So I see, People, I'm going to pivot. to Suddenly I'm going to sell cars or I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like they pivot all the time. And again, they're confusing their audience. So again, I had a conversation literally just last week. A really amazing lady was doing an amazing job on one, decided she wanted to pivot. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely fine. Pivot all you like. However, you're starting from scratch again because that's a brand new audience. And They don't know you're doing that thing. And in fact, when they think of you, they think of you as something else. So now you've got to do a whole load of education onto that. So I love the fact that you talk about that because I think there are way too many people wanting to do Definitely.
2: that. Definitely. And you know what? I think it's, um, it's a symptom of short-term mentality. Yeah. And the thing with memberships, memberships are all about the long-term. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So if you if you just launch and it fails, so you then just launch again, and it fails. Yeah. Like as you said, you, you confuse your audience if you if you pivot. You also burn credibility. Yeah, you burn your own desire to actually get this done because then mm. it just becomes about it becomes about the process of of getting something successful launched as opposed to the process of creating the product you want to create. You start focusing mm. on okay, well, obviously the thing I wanted to do was wrong. So how do I change that to just make it more successful? Yeah. And nobody, nobody wins in that process, and it is because of the the mentality of clarity in action, the the glamorization of failure. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's okay if you fail like a hundred times, as long as you you know succeed on the hundred and first. Like all of this needs to be tempered with yes. a, a little dose of sensibility. And I don't know if it's
0: the the Britishness in yeah, us, maybe, maybe because we are generally more cautious and more. Yeah you know, one, and we don't like failure and we don't like making fools of ourselves either. I don't yeah. think I'm not saying that other nations do. I'm saying that I, you know, that is something that really concerns me. So, you know, the whole kind of just get it out there and just launch. But I think that's another reason why people pivot so much because they launch nothing, they launch nothing, they launch, oh, I'm obviously launching the wrong thing. No, yeah. not obviously. You yeah. know?
1: I think there's a fine line between just get it started and, yeah don't get it perfect, but get it started. There's there's a fine line between the two. And the don't get it perfect, get it started, firm believer of, yeah, procrastination, analysis, paralysis, all that kind of thing. You want to get rid of that and you want to do it, but you need to do it with a sensible base of this is... Exactly what I'm launching. This is who I'm launching it to. This is what I've done to ensure that that's a success, rather than just being I've had this idea tomorrow night. I'm going to whack up a sales page and start selling it and hope for the best.
2: And the problem is, you tend to hear about ones where people have done that and succeeded. You hear about those a lot more than the you know thousands of people who've done that and completely fell on their backside. So yeah, it's it is about balance, but you know, doing things right doesn't mean you have to delay everything by yeah. years, but you you know you still have to. You've got to put in the steps. You've got to yeah. build up to it. You've got to do the research. You've got to spend a little time building the audience. It doesn't have to take a ridiculous amount of time either. No. When you're talking there about you know when you when you pivot, you have to realize that you are starting from scratch. Yeah. I don't even think people realize the extent to which that is true because with ourselves, we had a successful agency. We had for an agency, we had a good mm-hmm. size um, email list and following and all yeah. that stuff. But these were all people who had come to us because their approach to memberships was that they yeah. just wanted to offload it to somebody else and not do the work.
0: Mm-hmm. So these
2: weren't people who wanted to learn.
0: No, nope.
2: These weren't people who wanted to join the membership to figure out how to do this themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we made that pivot, and not a huge pivot in terms no, no. of...
1: Yeah, same niche.
2: Same niche. Yeah. Same, same. you know, not teaching anything new or anything like that. But even just that little pivot in the segment of the audience that we serve, what their needs are and how our solution to those needs changed, we we scrapped yeah. the audience we had because we we had to um, be realistic and knowing that there wasn't the right audience for this membership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people take too much for granted that the 10,000 people who follow them on Twitter who have been built up since a decade ago when they were doing a completely different thing, that they are still a relevant audience. Um, The people who've been languishing on their email lists for a decade, that they are somehow suddenly going to be ignited by this launch of a membership site.
0: But we were waiting for it. Why haven't you done it already? (laughs) Yeah. And you're right, because I've had exactly the same, whereas we have an agency and... No one who has paid us money through the agency is a potential client for yeah. what the the membership I want to do or you know the the sort of coaching programmy type thing or whatever it is, because like you said, they are people who want to pay me money to get us to do it. They have no interest in doing it themselves, exactly. so it 's an entire different audience and don 't you see or you must see this a lot because actually one of the things that one of the reasons, I guess, and you can confirm this or deny that most people go into a membership is because they are doing a one-to-one model or a one-to-a small few, and they want to go into a one-to-many model. But, but in doing that, that's a different audience. Totally. totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a different audience who will pay ten thousand dollars for for a uh, mm-hmm. coaching over who will pay forty nine dollars a month a membership yeah. and that's fine if you go into it with that knowledge that as Mike said this is a different audience and you're doing that so that you can you can service so the people that you can't offer your higher price ticket to mm. and and that's fine but yeah it is recognizing that it's it's a completely different set mm. of audiences
0: yeah yeah so is there anybody that you think avoid memberships like the plague like is there any particular businesses or people that you think this is not for you
1: Uh, The main thing is if you don't want to, if you don't want to be involved, if you don't want to show up and serve your audience on an ongoing basis, then a membership isn't for you. Stick with a course, stick with other services because a membership, you know, you can have types of membership where you're less involved, but at the same time, it's an ongoing model. You need to provide value every month. Most of them have some kind of community element where you are going to need to show up in your community and if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to create content or show up in your community, then a membership just isn't going to be for you.
2: Yeah, you've got to do the five-year test. So in five years' time, if I tell you that your job, literally every single day of your life, will involve getting up, going into a community, answering questions on, on, on the, the topic that your mm-hmm. membership is about, creating new content, planning courses, every conversation will be about this subject – does that sound like heaven or hell? Does that sound yeah. like the best job in the world, getting paid to literally just chat about this thing you're excited yeah, yeah. about and interested in, getting paid to create content about this one thing and to have had to have done that for five or 10 years, yeah. to have answered probably over that time the same questions <laughs> repeatedly without yeah. wanting to bang your head against the wall. Um, does that excite you? Oh, yeah, yeah. does that sound like the worst thing in the world? And it's okay if it doesn't sound like your thing. Yeah, yeah. Just understand that you probably shouldn't do a membership because that's, that's what you're signing up for. And yet, to some people, to us, the fact that, you know, we don't, we don't need to do client meetings. We don't do client calls. We don't really do much that involves deadlines. We just talk about memberships. Mm-hmm. If we think, oh, this is a really interesting thing about the membership model that we've not covered, we can just decide to just go off and do a course. We don't have to wait for a client to come along and say, oh, hey, you know, I've got this problem. Can you solve yeah, it? Yeah. Um, if we just want to spend the whole day just chatting to people about memberships, we can. Like, yeah. we we have a job where we can eat, sleep, live, and breathe the, thing the you topic love. that that we love and we find interesting. And I think that, yeah, that is a very, very important thing to, uh, to decide yeah. whether that is your bag or whether sounds like the last thing in the world you'd want to be doing.
0: I I love it, honestly, because I can't tell you the amount of conversations I hear or I'm part of or whatever, where where the focus of a membership or an online course or an online business at all is all about, so I can be in Bali on the beach and on my, you know, don't get me wrong, you can do this from anywhere, but that's the focus or the recurring income, which again, obviously that is part of it and it's ace. But I think what they're doing is is they're focusing on these amazing aspects of it, forgetting that, one, you've got to know what you're talking about because mm-hmm. people will literally find you out in a heartbeat. Two, you've got to have that audience. And three, you've got to want to do it because yeah. you're not showing up. People aren't paying.
2: Exactly. You know, the the, the thing that does attract people to memberships the most is the recurring revenue part of things and that is it's fantastic it's game-changing for a business particularly one where you're working one-on-one where Mm -hmm. you have those peaks and valleys and maybe you have five or six key clients if you lose one of them that can be a major step back having one-to-many recurring revenue just it gives your business a stability a predictability a reliability that you just don't get on most of the Mm -hmm. types of business models but there's a give and take and so if you want people to pay you on an ongoing basis, you need to deliver value on an ongoing basis. It's, it's an, an equation, right? Yeah. And in order to deliver that value long-term, you need to have that passion. You need to have that sustainable interest in your part, in, on, on your side. And that that is a bit that people don't always, don't always realize, that mm-hmm. you can't just have a, start a membership about something you have a passing interest in. And um, you know, I I think uh, what you were mine just completely gone. This is also <laughs> like, get the box out. And, yes, can I interject? You can
1: you interject. About it? Perfect time. <laughs> so, yeah. Like as you said, most people do come into it thinking about I want to add some recurring revenue to the business, and that is nice. It's a huge benefit, yeah. as Mike said. But you need to come at it from caring about your members, caring about getting your members' results, yeah. not caring about the money. Because if you get your members' results, if you care about showing up for them and you share care about serving them, then the money will naturally come along from that.
2: Yeah. And it's remembering this is it's a business model. Yeah. Above all else. And this is the thing I think that goes missing. And this is at the crux of everything we're talking about. When you see, you know, the typical internet marketing hype sleaze nonsense that is, is really trying to sell the dream. Mm -hmm. that you can kick back on a beach sipping cocktails while all of this recurring revenue just magically appears in your bank account. That's easy to be seduced by. It's Mm -hmm. very seductive. And so um, while we're kind of um, preaching the sensibility element, we also understand just how attractive that idea of passive income and recurring revenue is. but memberships aren't, they're not a gimmick. They're not a magic bullet. They're not a shortcut. They're a business model, just like any other type of business model. They require work.
0: And I like the way that you think more long-term. I think again, Mm. and in fact, this is evident in, you've got an event having you towards the end of the year uh, that I'm coming to very excited. And it's called retain. It's all about how you're retaining people in the membership, because again, so much of the focus on a membership is launch, 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 launch. And and it, that kind of smacks a bit of that getting the rich quick thing rather than the thing that most people, I think, and again, you're, you're the experts, but from what I see is people very often forget the retaining bit, that you're getting them in the membership, but what are you doing to keep them there? That has got to be a key part of it, hasn't it?
2: Definitely. And, you know, if you're looking for a way of getting rich quick, a membership's a worst way of doing it. It's get rich <laughs> slow because yeah. most memberships, they're going to be priced Generally, depending on whether the B2C, B2B, whatever, but you're usually looking at between about $20 and $60 a month. Yeah. It takes a long time to get rich on like 40 to $50 a time. Exactly. you know And that's why actually, you know, a lot of people who are selling the dream, they're not selling a $50 a month membership. No. Right. Because they are in it to get rich quick. And so <laughs> they. they yeah. No membership is quick. You build that sustainable business over time and you know you you amass that revenue over the long term. Uh, and you're absolutely right. You know, the the main difference between something like a membership and something like an online course is the importance of retention.
0: Yeah.
2: Because if you are losing members just as quickly as you're getting them in, then your business is just not going to grow. You as we're saying, you're getting fifty dollars per month per customer so if your customers only stay one month every transaction is only worth $50 like you need a hell of a lot of new members to to build that revenue up so you need to get people who are going to stick around for months and years mm. and you know because of that the retention part is more important than the acquisition part
0: yeah like yeah.
2: you don't just need to get that sale you need to keep getting that sale month after month year after year and again this is why having that long term outlook is so important in everything you do in your membership.
0: Yeah. And I also, the the other thing on top of getting them in, it's all well and good, you know, even if you're just getting one in, one out, but it costs you every time you get one of those people in. So, mm. It's not like if someone stays for two months, you earn that, that £50 or dollars the next month. Whereas if they go and you get someone new in, that's not $50 you've just earned. That could be $30 or $25 yeah. because it's cost you that much to get them in there in the first place. Yeah, so- if,
2: if you're spending on advertising, if you're, if you're putting money into like podcast production, yeah. Like yeah. everything has a cost, time yeah. or financial mm-hmm. or even just brain space. And so, yeah, if your customer lifetime value is $50, this is all comes down to is, you know someone who's fifty dollars a month and stays ten months, their customer lifetime value is five hundred. So yeah. it's just about extending that customer lifetime value. For as long as you can. For, yeah, for as long as you can. And because yeah. of that, you need to deliver that ongoing value. You need to design the member experience in such a way that facilitates people actually using your product. Because again, this is i have actually seen this peddled as advice on memberships. Like keep your price so low and don't contact your members so that.
1: They They've, forget
2: they paying. Yeah, so they forget. <laughs> like, why would you want to do want that? that?
0: Like, no, Actually what is wrong with people? Worst.
2: We've actually seen someone claim to be a membership expert, oh, like
0: man. spouting that nonsense. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, so, con people into forgetting that they yeah. have your membership. So that's yeah, adding value, isn't it? it <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it, it is crazy. <laughs> people mindset and approach. <laughs>
0: Okay, so if my audience is sitting there thinking, do you know what, this sounds really interesting and I want to think about getting started, what are the kind of first couple of things that you think, I mean, you've mentioned a couple of them already, which is great in terms of audience, but if they wanted to start down the road of membership, what's other than joining your membership, which (laughs) obviously is going to cover everything and they'll the, that's it. It's easy then, other than doing the actual work, which yeah. is harder than you'd ever believe. But what do they do? How do they even start down this road?
2: I think uh, like there's some straightforward things you can do. You kind of need to, to bring your audience into kind of a central place where you can start engaging yeah. with them. So we're big fans of um, free Facebook groups as, as almost that stepping stone into a paid membership. Yeah. So You know that, okay, this is probably something I'm going to look to explore in maybe six months or so one of the easiest things to do is set up a free Facebook group now and start, start pushing people into that. Because mm-hmm. what will happen there, not only are you gathering your audience in one spot where you can then engage with them, but you can also start paying attention to the problems they're having, the questions they're asking. You can yeah. start using them as a little focus group. Like All of us are in the business of solving problems. And mm-hmm. so your membership is just going to be solving those problems on a on a bigger scale or a deeper scale. So... Being able to actually look in a free Facebook group, ask them questions: What's the, the biggest challenge you've got? What what's stopping you from making progress? What results are you looking to have? That is such valuable information for shaping what your membership will be and making sure it's more finely aligned with what people actually need. And that obviously is going to make it more compelling, you know when you when you open yeah. it up.
1: Yeah, and I would also say it's really good to sit down and actually just brainstorm all the different things that you could offer or provide in a membership and the kind of membership that you want to have, because sometimes the first idea for you have, you have for a membership isn't actually the one that you should go with. So a good example here, for example, is a VA who wants to set up a membership for that ongoing value and thinks, I'll set up a membership for people who would be my clients, but want to know how to do the processes themselves or want to know how to do their own podcast and thing. When actually if they sit down and think about it, maybe a better membership for them would be to teach other VAs how to do what they've done Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So sometimes your first membership idea or who you think is your natural audience might not be yeah. so I always think it's a good idea to just sit and completely kind of brainstorm all the different possibilities there is of, of things that you would want to create a membership yeah. around
2: all the ways in which you could leverage your skills knowledge experience and expertise yeah. because as Callie actually pointed to there I think the natural inclination when you're starting to think of, okay what to do a membership about is to look at what am I doing now who am I doing it for and how could I change that to fit the membership model when usually that's not the way to go. Because as we said before, if you are servicing people who just want to pay to get it done, they want to pay for a done-for-you service, memberships aren't done for you. Memberships are either do-it-yourself or done with you. Mm. So even if you still determine after kind of brainstorming, all the different approaches, all the different angles um, you could take, even if you still land on serving the same audience covering the same topics as you currently are just realizing that the uh, done, uh, do it yourself solution is so vastly different from done with you mm-hmm. and you know it, it it's got such different implications for the type of content for the type of people who would want it to you know how long they might need it for mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff so you do need to just go a little bit deeper into into what it is you offer and what yeah. problems there are out there that you can provide the solution to? I would also say, you know, if you made the decision you're going to start a membership, get a waitlist page up and running, a single, a, a single <laughs> that <was> a combination <laughs> of two—single, <laughs> simple page um, with an email sign-up form, but literally just, you know, something exciting is coming yeah. that's going to help you do blah blah blah. Pop your email address in uh, in the box, and we'll keep you updated. That just gives you somewhere, that gives you a call to action you can start using in your marketing, and it, it gets you into a place where you have to start thinking about, okay, how do we get people who are listening to my podcast to take a step down the path to potentially being a, a member? Yeah. And it gets you into that that method of thinking, and it gets you being more strategic about your marketing. And in doing so, it also helps you start to build up that email list of who will hopefully become your founder members, mm. um, so that when the pieces start falling into place, as you're building a your membership, you can be asking these guys for their mm. input. You can be getting them to vote on the content they'd like to see, wetting their appetite for the membership, so that when you open the doors, you've got they're the first people you invite. And hopefully, you know, if they've expressed their interest by signing up to a list hopefully a large percentage of those all, all convert mm. and that gives you a good uh, starting point for then growing your membership.
0: You, um, when I spoke to you in San Diego and, and I was joking with these guys that I just didn't know where to start, like, and you think that because of what I do and the the industries I work in and help people. And you think I like, it just proves that literally when it comes to your own stuff, you just can't do it. Can you? <laughs> so you have a roadmap in the membership and they're like, well, if only had someone had produced a roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I could probably do that like an idiot. Anyway, one of the, the very first things in that roadmap, which actually really helped me to to validate whether when you talk about the longevity of it was what kind of content are you going to talk about? And I brainstormed all the content around my subject because my fear, although in my industry, it shouldn't be a fear because it's so vast, but the fear is you've got to talk about this for a really long time. So if literally by month six, you're running out of stuff to say, it maybe isn't a membership you're looking for, is it? So and that was great for me because that really helped me suddenly when I split it out and I was like and there's this and there's this and there's this and I literally had probably about four years worth of content if I'm (laughs) looking at one thing every single month so yeah guys thank you so so much you've been wonderful and honestly the down-to-earth refreshing advice and and perfectly common sense makes perfect sense you know if you don't have an audience for something they're not going to come out of the woodwork suddenly going, oh, we were just looking for someone to build it. So
2: it's, <laughs> yeah. it's great. I think... the spy, Yeah, the spidey senses. Yeah.
0: I like- know. <laughs> I think... <laughs> yeah, I sense that someone
2: has launched a movie.
0: And even now I don't know them and I don't know if they're any good or they know what they're yeah. talking about, I'm probably going to join for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. So thank you guys so much. As always, I'm going to hook up to everything in the show notes and I'll link to all your guys' stuff. But thank you for coming on. It's been such a great episode.
1: Yeah, it's been great to talk with you.
0: Yeah, always fun to talk about membership. Always. (laughs) Thanks, guys. You know what? I think that was probably one of my favourite podcast episodes because, like I said, I just loved their straight talking, their down-to-earth advice, and the fact that they are honestly so smart when it comes to memberships. They absolutely walk the walk. Like... They have done this for years. They know what they're talking about. And honestly, as a member of the Member Site Academy, when I've gone in there and asked a question, I've always had a response back from Callie, which is amazing. And I don't think that's unusual. I think Callie is, she's very active in there. Mike is as well, but Callie in particular is really active. And she just knows what to say. And she knows the response to give you. And it's not like, You know, they're not at all like this is the way you should do it. It's like in our experience, this is, you know, if you want this, this, and this, then it probably best that you do this, this, and this. So honestly, they are really, really smart people. I loved interviewing them. Such nice guys. As always, I've linked up to everything in the show notes. I've also put a link to their event, which, like I said, is happening in September. Just looking at my diary to double check. Yeah, September. And I'm going to attend that event. I'm I'm not speaking, I'm just attending, but I'm going to be there. So obviously if you're going to be there, then please give me a shout. I would love to say hi to you guys. So that's it for this week. I think I'm having a little break now in terms of not as in you won't notice a break. I'm probably going to have a couple of weeks before I record anything. So I'm hoping and praying by the time I record the next episode, I will have actually got my backside in gear and done the intro and intro because otherwise this this podcast is going to get awkward, people, because I really need to finish it off with those. But anyway, have a lovely, lovely week, and I will see you here next week.